Welcome to Breakthrough with Brig, the podcast that teaches high-achieving Black women how to use thought work to break through barriers, get out of their own way, and become their best self in the most loving and sustainable way. Y'all ready? Let's dig in. Are you a high achieving black woman? Are you ready to break free from the grips of stress and reclaim your brilliance? Don't miss out on the transformative masterclass that will revolutionize your work, your relationships, and your inner peace. I want to introduce how to reduce your stress in work, relationships, and within yourself in 90 days or less. A masterclass for the high achieving black woman. You will discover how to maintain your energy, your productivity in the workplace, how to nurture meaningful relationships and fulfilling relationships, and cultivate a deep sense of self-care and self-worth. This masterclass is designed exclusively for you, the Black women, who are ready to rise above stress and live a life of brilliance and fulfillment, to have the relationships of their dreams to make more money without overworking and over hustling and to soothe that inner critic that we all sometimes may have. Don't miss this incredible opportunity to learn from me and join a community of like-minded women dedicated to their growth and well-being. Register now. You can register at brickjohnson.com forward slash masterclass. Again, register at brickjohnson.com forward slash masterclass. You don't want to miss this one. It happens June 25th at 2 p.m. Again, June 25th at 2 p.m. And I'll see you guys there. Hi, welcome to another episode of Breakthrough with Brick, the podcast for the high achieving Black woman. And I'm your host, Greg Johnson, episode 132. Okay, I struggled with this one, y'all, because I had so much to say and I really didn't want to like, I don't know, it's, I just struggled with this one, but I got a lot to say about it. So I may go and rant. I have some stuff here I may read to keep myself on track, but I do want to address that I do believe that the high achieving Black woman is probably the most loneliest demographic that we have. And so I titled this one, The Isolation of Achievement. Yes, The Isolation of Achievement. How to overcome the loneliness as a high achieving Black woman, right? Because I don't think we talk about our struggle with loneliness enough. I think that's why I really coach on friendship so much because for so many of us, friendship, and I've said this before, friendship is our life jacket to loneliness, right? Because we're the only at work, we're the only 
at the school, at the job, at the medical school, in the university, or we're one of a few, right? And we're lonely sometimes at home and within our families because they don't quite get us. We're lonely with our significant others because for the most part, we may be more successful than they are. And what are you complaining about, right? Like you're doing well. What are you complaining about? I think that's the overall thought of like, you're doing good as if, if you're doing good, you have nothing to complain about. If you are kicking ass and reaching goals, like the world is perplexed when we as Black women say we have a problem. Like, what is it that you need? What's the problem? Like, you're doing it. Your ancestors' dreams, right? And the thing what happens with that is not only do we feel lonely from other people, but it creates what is known as like, because there's three type of loneliness, and I'll talk about that, but it creates an existential loneliness. It's like I'm separated, not just from emotional and social, but I'm separated from the world because no one gets me. And what happens is, is then I separate from myself because, yeah, I am doing good. Why am I not happy? Why am I not thriving? Why am I not doing cartwheels? And it is this existential loneliness that my top high achieving clients really struggle with. There are so many times where I'm coaching and they're leading the department, right? Who are they going to go to, right? Who are they going to go to? They're leading the department. The rest of the faculty don't get them at all because there is that cultural difference, right? And when they go home, you're leading the pack. Like you're the boss. What are you talking about? Just make it right, right? Like there is this loneliness that we deal with is high achieving women. And it's more than isolation because we can be lonely in a crowded room and not be isolated. That's the existence that we a lot of times are living. We are lonely within our crowded lives. We are lonely within our friendships. We are lonely within our relationship with our significant others. We are lonely within our families. We are lonely within ourselves. And I want to address this and talk about this, right? I read a quote and it was written in 1982 There was a landmark feminist anthology in Black women's studies. And the quote that came from this book was, all the women are white, all the Blacks are men, but some of us are brave. I'm going to say it again because it took me a while to get it. All the women are white, all the Blacks are men, but some of us are brave. Meaning Black women, for the longest, we have been invisible. We have been written out of 
context. If it's Black, then it's from the Black man perspective. I lived that so much in church. It was always about the Black man, right? Because he's the leader. I get that. And if you're a woman, it was from the white woman's perspective. And like, if we were Black, that perspective wasn't like drawn to us. And I think we're still seeing that now. We're still living that existence as Black women. But it's now our pain that is invisible, right? It's like no one saw us then, but I think it is our pain. And I believe this is why I work with the high achieving Black woman. Yes, I think she is the loneliest demographic. I think her struggles, no one understands because of the groups, right? And that intersection between, and don't be black, female, and gay, or overweight, like those intersections creates even more opportunities for loneliness, that existential loneliness. Like, who am I in relation to the world and makes us question who we are? And is there really something wrong with me? Like, should I apologize for wearing the red bottoms, right? Why do I have to explain the clothes that I wear or the bag that I take to the family dinner, right? Why do I have to stress out when taking the bag? Why do I have to stress out because I have the big house? Like, why do I have to even answer why I'm single? And why is it automatically tied to my success? And what's wrong with me for my success? It is the isolation of achievement. We were brave. We did the shit that our ancestors could only dream of. We hold positions that just 10, 20 years ago wasn't possible. That braveness created us, for some of us, in a desert. We're in new territories. We're doing things mostly with people in cultures unfamiliar to us. We've studied in different countries. We're now eating different shit. We're choosing and we're playing different games, right? Like we're playing Banco, (laughs) not Spades, Banco, right? Like we've studied different cultures. We're eating pho. We've chosen fields of study that no one even knew existed. And we're doing the damn thing, right? Like, I'm not taking it away from us. We are doing the damn thing. We've been brave and we've gone into foreign lands. And oftentimes we have been alone. That's the isolation. But that doesn't necessarily mean the loneliness. It's like, I've been divorced now for 25 years. I've had multiple long-term boos and I've had years of being single, fancy foot and free. But you know when I was my loneliness? When I was married. That was my loneliness. The definition of loneliness is it's a subjective, unwelcome feeling of lack or loss of companionship which happens when there is, get this, a mismatch between the quantity and quality of social relations that we have and those that what we want. 
Like there is the quantity and quality of the social relationships that we have. And then there's the quantity and quality of the social relationships that we want. And when that is a mismatch, there is loneliness. So when I was married, I had the expectation of a certain type of companionship in quantity and quality. But my husband never really quite got me. He couldn't read my mind and I thought he should. I thought he should be able to like look at me and tell I was upset. We never hung out as much as I thought we should. And that left for a wanting because there wasn't a match. It was the classic, it's not supposed to be this way, right? Like my life isn't like, this isn't what I was expecting. So that created that loneliness I had this visual of how we were supposed to interact. We were supposed to play and giggle and cook together. And I wanted him to get me. And he far from got me, much less understood me. But I had a good girlfriend at that same time. And I didn't have to explain anything. She just got me. We would hang out all the time. She would call. I would call her. We would go out and we would just run errands. We would do fun things together and we would just run errands together. But there wasn't a mismatch in the quality or the quantity of our social relationship. Okay, so what does that have to do and relate to us as high achieving Black women? Plain and simple, I think we experience a mismatch of the quality and quantity in our relationships from what we're expecting versus what we're getting. And I'm not going to sit here and say, drop your expectations. So if you was getting ready to tune me out by saying, Brig, I'm not going to change my expectations. Don't worry. No, ma'am. That is not what I am saying here. What I'm saying is, is every human being has the right to expect to be seen, heard, and understood. And as a demographic, We good. As a demographic, people look at us and where we are and they're like, okay, I can get why you're kind of awkward at work. And yeah, there's social loneliness, but actually for our families and the people closest to us, a lot of times they're like, you're doing good. Like the answer to everything is, but you're doing good. And I think I heard that several times in those exact words. I remember being at a basketball game for my son who played at a private school. It was mostly white. And the team parents assumed that we were getting a scholarship. And I was talking to one of the parents and I was like, no, no scholarship here. And she looked at me and she was like, no scholarship because she knew I was single, right? No scholarship, no scholarship. And her words was like, oh my, you're doing good. I remember having my daughter's team people over at my house when like lived in a house, gated community, big 4,000 square foot house. Okay, no problem. And I can't even remember what I was complaining about, but all the couples were there. I was there with my kids because I was hosting it and I complained about something. And one of the white male parents looked at me, stood up and like looked around my house to mimic as if 
He wanted me to see where I was living. And he looked at me and said, I think you're doing good. And I think that is the prevalent thought pattern for people when they see us as high achieving black women, because A, we ain't supposed to be there. Like they never say to white males, I think you're doing good. It's expected that they're supposed to do good. It's like, do more. But with us, it's, but you're doing good. And then when you want to go more, oh my God, you're being greedy, right? And then friends and family like, oh, she's like being too much or wasn't that house enough? Why did you have to get another house? How many watches do you need? Do you need three cars? Why do you have to have red bottom shoes? What's wrong with the shoes that's at such and such? Like we then start to have to explain ourselves because we're doing good. And then you want more? Like now we're going outside of people's limits for what we can do. And when we take those limits on and we live by them, then we start having that existential loneliness of separating ourselves from who we are because now we're starting to question, well, what is wrong with me? How come this isn't enough, right? And it creates a loneliness within ourselves because we are no longer matched with the quality of relationship that we want within ourselves, much less outside of ourselves. There's a mixed match within us. Like we are like, I don't know about you, right? So that quality of I love you and I got you is gone. Like I wanted somebody to get me, right? Like I was complaining that my my husband at the time couldn't look at me and tell. And so within side of me now, with this existential loneliness, and I'm starting to question whether or not, am I being too big for my riches? even at work, like that email was aggressive, right? And so now you start like, was I being aggressive? Like you start questioning who you are. Like when you set up boundaries in your businesses, it's like, oh, she's being too much. Am I being too much? When you raise your prices, it's like, oh, look at her. She thinks she all that. And so you're like, do I think I'm all that? Like there is a separation as opposed to being inside of you and like, I get you, that's missing now. Now there's this war of like, what's right and what's wrong as if there is a right or wrong, right? But the only thing that has happened is that we have gone beyond other people's and society's limits of what we can do or what is appropriate for us. And we have to understand that's why they're questioning it. And it's okay that they're questioning it. The biggest problem is that they're questioning it. And we're taking that to mean that we're supposed to question it. No, ma'am. No. The loneliness that we are experiencing has everything to do with this separation between us and us not between us and them. Us and them, we get coach on it all the time, but the biggest separation is us and them then becomes us separating from us and us. And that's where the loneliness goes deep. 
Because now it's like, should I have said that? I shouldn't have said that. I know I'm awkward. Maybe I am too much. Maybe I do want too much. Maybe I'm greedy. And that constant questioning of yourself, separating yourself from you, creates that huge mix match in the quality of the relationship that you want with yourself and the actual relationship that you have with yourself. And so therefore you are internally lonely. We don't have to take the limitations that people have of us and make them our own. Nor do we have to go by and persecute ourselves because we have first world problems. Can I tell you something? First world problems. I know I'm no longer going through the grocery store with a calculator and then going up to the line and then having a panic attack while they're reading up, watching, like turning the thing so I can see the total and having a panic attack because the total is coming close and I don't know if I have enough money. And sure enough, I've got to take some things back. And then the whole line is looking at me and rolling their eyes because I'm like, can we take that back? No, I can't take that back because I got to feed the kids with that. Can I take this back? And I'm like, fuck, I got to take this back, right? I know I'm not having that struggle anymore. And that struggle was painful. But that doesn't mean that I get to beat myself up because I'm disappointed that I didn't get the house that I want that was $700,000 either. I get to honor that too. No, I'm not buying a house for $700,000. That was just an example. But first world problems still fucking hurt. And we get to honor that. Do we put that over other people? Do we look down on other people? No, but you don't have to look down on you for experiencing heartache, pain, disappointment. You don't have to look down on yourself and separate yourself from yourself because you are experiencing that. First world problems fucking hurt too, just like third world problems in a completely different way, I know. And this is where I was like, I know I'm going to ruffle some feathers on this because Brig, are you saying, no, I'm not. No, I understand the pain of the struggle. I've done both. I grew up in the projects. I've had a gun pulled out on me, running through the alley. I've turned on the lights and you saw nothing but roaches running. I got it. We had mousetraps. I understand both sides, but what I am saying is it is totally unfair for me to deny my humanness because I have achieved. My humanness stays intact and I get to acknowledge that and stop separating myself from myself and allow people to do what people do. And that's another podcast. I've talked enough about what people do and how they think about us. I want us to stop creating that internal loneliness, us against us, that mismatch of that relationship. That relationship you have complete control of and you can stop devoiding yourself of that. You don't have to be lonely, queen, not in that way. I'll give some other tips on how to create the relationships you want with others, but the first one starts with your relationship with you 
Stop making you wrong because other people don't get you because they're measuring you by some standard. You're okay. You're not too much. You're not awkward. You're not asking for too much. You're not greedy. You don't think you all that. It's okay that you want the purse, the house, the car, what the vacation. It's okay that you only want to sleep in four-star hotels or five-star, four-star hotels, that you don't want to sleep at the La Quinta anymore. That is okay. It's okay that you don't want to eat at Golden Corral. We don't have to apologize also, but nor do we put other people down either. We can stop this dichotomy that we have within us and treat ourselves with respect, honoring our truth. Now, does that mean if my whole family is going together and they say Golden Corral that I'm going to say, no, I can't go to Golden Corral? No, that's not. I'm going to go to fucking Golden Corral and enjoy my family because that's what I'm going to do. But if it's me and my family and I'm paying, we're not going to Golden Corral. (laughs) But I'm not hoity-toity because I'm choosing not to. That's the thing, right? Yes, we can end the self-loneliness. I hope this helped. See you next week when we talk about something else, but I do want to mention, if you haven't registered for the How to Reduce Stress in Your Work, Your Relationship and Within Yourself, this is that within yourself type stress that I'm talking about, this right here. We're going to talk about this more and workshop it in the masterclass on June 25th. Register at brickjohnson.com forward slash masterclass. Again, register at brickjohnson.com forward slash masterclass. I'll see you guys later. Bye. Did you enjoy this podcast where I have a personal invitation? I want to spend time with you, coach you. Talk about the issues that are affecting you. We do this in a community we call the Melanin Hour, created just for us high-achieving Black women. You can register at brickjohnson.com forward slash coaching. And don't forget, Deeply Rooted is where we put all this shit together. We immerse ourselves and we master this. Six months, you, me, and a bunch of women that look like you, and got a little melanin in them. <laughs> That's deeply rooted. You can register for the wait list at brickjohnson.com forward slash group. Hope to see you there. Bye.